Today on the ZabeCast, free agency in the NFL hasn't even started, and the party is almost over. The bum rush on good or just semi-decent quarterbacks was nuts. My older brothers Bob and Brian join me today. We'll talk about dogs, OJ, and Chinese space stations landing in Michigan. All that plus the horrible, no good horror story from the unfriendly skies of commercial aviation. You've got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Wednesday, March 14. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate your ears and your data. NFL free agency. Man, it looks like the office pizza party when you were on a conference call and you were like five minutes late. There's not much left. I mean, there's some anchovy and olive slices, a vegetable slice, one tiny slice of cheese that, you know, somebody cut in half and they're like, I don't want a whole piece. I just want half. That quarterback scramble happened quick. And I think it once again reinforces the lesson that some fans seemingly still don't get. It's all about the quarterback. Well, I know that, Zabe. Uh, I mean, but you got to have a team around. No, 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 you don't get it. It's all about the quarterback. It's all about having a quarterback who doesn't completely suck. It's really all about having a guy who's a starter. And that's if you're going to divide quarterbacks into different tiers or to say, uh, I want a quarterback who's this good or that good or this much price. It just doesn't. The only separator, the only two piles you should put any NFL quarterbacks in are starters and not starters. Because if you're a starter, it means a world of difference versus guys who have proven to become not starters. We'll get into that in just a second. The scramble, really, the dominoes started falling in this whole process, really with the Redskins' move to go get Alex Smith, for which they gave up a third-round pick and young up-and-coming slot corner Kendall Fuller. It was not a cheap price. But the Redskins won that derby with a couple of the teams who were interested in Alex Smith, and that set things in motion. And let's give credit, when credit, and where credit is due. Bruce Allen did not dawdle on this. He did not wait on this. He went out and made sure he at least got a serviceable quarterback for the foreseeable future, even if it cost a bit of a price. That's domino number one. Domino number two was the Browns trading for Tyrod Taylor. I really thought that Kirk would take a meeting with the Browns. I really thought Kirk might think about, hey, this could be a great situation. Joe Thomas was begging Kirk Cousins to talk to the Browns. But given the fact they traded for Tyrod Taylor a full week almost before the free agent period opened, signaled to me the Browns had gotten word or smoke signal or whatever from Kirk's agent, it's not going to happen. Cleveland's out. Then, once it looked like Kirk was zeroing in on the Jets and the Vikings, and once it became clear that it was going to be Minnesota for Kirk, things got really quick. Broncos moved for Case Keenum, because they too had been hoping to get a meeting with Kirk Cousins. It never happened. The Jets grabbed Teddy Bridgewater, but they re-signed Josh McCown to a one-year deal after signing Bridgewater to a one-year deal, or coming to terms, it's not signed yet, And who knows what they're going to do in the draft. They've got Christian Hackenberg out of Penn State who was drafted in the second round, I believe, which was a bit of a reach. And they have had several awful, no good, flushed seasons in which he could have played, and yet Hackenberg has made exactly zero starts. 
They got two veteran guys on one-year deals, and who knows if they're going to try to draft somebody coming up in late April. You've got, after that, the Cardinals made the most confounding move of the day, which was to go for Sam Bradford, but to go for Sam Bradford on a one-year deal for $20 million. Or 15, technically, plus 5 mil in attainable bonuses. That one has people's heads scratching. I think it makes perfect sense because the Cardinals, like the Redskins, wanted to have a season next year. Teams in the NFL don't tank like they do in baseball or in basketball, where you can say, we're going to suck for a couple of years, but we're going to amass all this talent. The NFL is far more episodic. It is far more unpredictable. It is far more you know, subject to the whims of the injury bug. So you want to have a, se- you want to have a chance at a season. And, you know, if, if Bradford's healthy, then the Cardinals have a chance for a season. And being that he is injury-prone, to say the least, a one-year deal, I guess, kind of makes sense. But it's expensive. It's expensive. Now the only guy sitting out there who might be a starter is A.J. McCarron, who fought the league and fought as, you know, uh, fought the league's designation. He fought to get out of his deal. And he won in his arbitration hearing, which is shocking. And now he's sitting out there like, hey, uh, what's does, I, does anyone still need a quarterback? Because I thought, I think Hugh Jackson in Cleveland's the only guy that thinks A.J. McCarron is a starter. I don't know if I see that. First of all, Alabama quarterbacks have not lit the world on fire ever since Joe Willie Namath. Secondly, we have a small sample set on McCarron in which he looked okay for the Bengals for a couple of games, but then you're like, mm, not so sure. The Broncos are going to move on from Trevor Simeon, it looks like. Glennon's going to be released shortly by Chicago. Eagles, I think, are going to hold Super Bowl winner Nick Foles, which I would recommend, unless somebody offers a high two or a one, which I don't think anyone's given a one, but maybe a high two. Otherwise, I'd say hold him. He's under contract, and he may have to start week one this year. That leaves the following out there to be had at quarterback. Geno Smith, Tom Savage, Drew Stanton, Chad Henney, Mark Sanchez, Brian Hoyer, Derek Anderson, Matt Moore, and of course, Colin Kaepernick and Robert Griffin III. Oh, and Johnny Manziel, I suppose. Oof, that is a rotten group of guys. All those guys I just listed have now demonstrated, and they've proved out, and I should put Osweiler in that, although I think he's under contract. Those are not starters. Those are definitively, no question about it, not starters. Some guys like McCarron are still on that cutting edge of, well, who knows? He might be a starter, but mm, probably not. Glennon proved out he had one last chance to prove he was a starter last year, and he failed. Simeon was given that chance in Denver, and he failed. And that's how it goes. Fitzpatrick was a, had a chance to prove Ryan Fitzpatrick a chance to prove he was a starter, and he failed. He's a backup now. So those are the two basic groups. And then, of course, you've got... The rookies coming in is a great rookie class of quarterbacks, at least on paper. Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, not necessarily in that order. So that's going to fill in the gaps with teams at quarterback. Now you know why Jacksonville did not want to throw out Blake Bortles, to not go ahead and say, we can do better, and then chuck him to the wind and say, all right, Kirk Cousins, we're in. All right, who else wants to come here? Because if they lose out, they're not going to have a season next year. So they stuck with the guy they had in Bortles. I think there's about 20 quarterbacks in the league who are starters, and I think about 12 teams every year cycle through guys who are clearly not starting quarterbacks. 
I haven't done the list on that, but that's just my rough estimate. Which brings me to Kirk Cousins. Again? I know. (laughs) Kirk Cousins is a starting quarterback, period, full stop, go no further. More than that, he is a good starter. Is he great? No. At this time, no. No one's saying that. But the chances of Kirk Cousins suddenly sucking at quarterback in Minnesota, I think, are almost zero. While the ceiling may not be super high for Kirk Cousins, I think the floor is rock solid and the floor is very high. Sure, he may get hurt at some point. Knock on wood. He may choke in a big game like he has before. Maybe against Green Bay. Maybe in the playoffs. You can't rule against that. But Kirk Cousins starts 16-16, If You don't think that that was a big factor in why the Vikings said, yes, we'll give guaranteed money on a short throw deal of three years? You're crazy. Kirk's, Kirk, Kirk Cousins throws darts. And more importantly, Kirk Cousins is dedicated to what he does. Big part of all the guaranteed money that he's getting, I think, is because of what he did here in Washington off the field. He bet on himself. And he gave the signal to his next team of, hey, I'm not worried about losing money. I've already made enough money for a lifetime. I'm not going to squander it. And secondly, I believe in myself. I'm not going to allow my own career to go off the rails because this is what I do. This is He has a, I know you guys are going to get mad at me for saying it. Don't dare put his name in this. Don't you dare put Kirk Cousins' name in the same sentence as Thomas Brady, but I will. Kirk has a Brady-like work ethic and obsession with being better. It's almost certain he will not reach the heights of what Tom Brady has reached in football, probably because of talent and that extra one-half of 1% that he doesn't have, that Brady does. But Kirk's dedication and his work ethic is in that realm. He plans his day down to 15-minute increments. That's exactly the kind of guy that you give guaranteed money to because you're not worried about him as a person, as a guy who's dedicated to his craft of being, being a quarterback in the NFL. And guess what? By year three of this deal for the Vikings, Kirk Cousins will be relatively cheap. It's a no-brainer acquisition that makes the Vikings better, that solidifies the position, and yet at the same time guarantees nothing. Guarantees nothing in terms of going any farther than the Vikings did last year. Question of the day. Thank you for this one. Every day I'll try to get one question from somebody. This one from Jesse. He writes, Zabe, long-time listener, fan from the greater Milwaukee area. On the Zabecast yesterday, you said you would answer any question. I did. I didn't say how in-depth I would answer it. And I didn't say what way I would answer it, but I said I would answer any question. Here's the question I would like answered. What Taylor Swift songs, if any, are on your secret iPod playlists? Thanks, I'll listen off the air for your answer. P.S. for me, my top three would be Shake It Off, Style, and Delicate. P.S. I blame my wife for introducing me to Taylor Swift, and now I am probably a bigger fan than she is. Go figure. Signed, Jesse. Well, Way to throw your wife under the bus. I think most men who admit to liking a certain musical act that is clearly out of their demographic, if you're a 50-year-old man and you like an artist like Taylor Swift who appeals to 16-year-old girls, you don't feel good about that. But at some point, at least it was with me, I was like, 
Eh, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just tell you who I like. My, to me, the Speak Now album and Red were the sweet spot, were the pinnacle of Taylor Swift. And then with 1989, it started to tail off. And now what she's doing now with this Reputation album and this tour, I, I'm lost on it. I just, I know that she is trying to evolve and that artists have to reinvent themselves and they have to present something new because nobody stays popular forever in pop culture, music, movies, etc. And she obviously wants to stay popular and make more money, more money, more money and keep her career going. So she's moving in a direction that I understand why she's doing it. It's a little more techno. It's a little more hip-hop-ish, I guess. But I'm lost on it. It's, it's, it's unfortunate because I, you know, I really liked the peak of Taylor Swift. Uh, here are my favorite songs. New Romantics, We're Never Ever Getting Back Together, Red, Mine, Sparks Fly, Long Live, Style, and maybe a few others. So there you go. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I have Taylor Swift on my iPod, which is really my phone. And it's really not even, well, it is actually uh, actual physical music because she's like the only artist that said, fuck you to Spotify. And I think the other streaming service, although she's on Apple, but I've got Spotify. And I think that was one of the streaming services. She said, nah, screw you guys. I'm not going to put my music on there. So I actually have some uh, MP3s themselves on my phone. All right. Wednesday is my day with my older brother's. Bob and Brian from 102.9 The Hog in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm glad to say we are all back from Jamaica in one piece, Mon. So nobody died in Jamaica, boys. Thank God for that. How much do you worry about actually that happening someday? Well, I don't worry about it until you bring it up at the get-together the for the welcome party where you go, okay, this trip comes should to I an not, end. Should I not bring it up every no, welcome no. party? I think that would be uh, foolish to not, you know, it's like your mother tells you, be careful, you know, and you're going to, you know, okay, mom, I'm being careful, but you know, you have to, you know, if you don't say it, then you go, well, did you tell them not to die? I usually <laughs> never think about it. <laughs> really? really? Death? Uh, not, not about anyone dying on the trip. Oh, them dying. I thought maybe you thought about just you dying in general. What about risk management? Because I talked about how famously I chickened out of doing the high jump down at Rick's Cafe. I did the low jump and not the high jump. I'm more and more now thinking in my life of risk management of, nah, not going to do that. <laughs> like skiing. Like, uh, th- there's no need for me to ski ever again. It's on my fuck it list, as we like to say, Bob. <laughs> I um, I may ski again next year. I, 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 I have some... Uh, what happened here? Wait I have some, I, a minute. Uh, right. Hold right. on a second. Not only are you getting a dog, which was also on your fuck it list. Yeah. I am getting a dog. I made that announcement this while is, we were in Jamaica. You're not, oh, you're not getting Bloody a new Mary's. dog. No, no, oh, you, I'm going to go skiing. Oh, I'm getting Steve a dog. Couldn't get, Steve couldn't get over my hair either. Oh, yeah. Well, your hair is long. You're, you're getting a dog. <laughs> you're not getting a dog. Your girlfriend is insisting you get a dog for her kid's sake. Well, There's a difference between because given your druthers under yourself, you would not get yourself a dog. I would not get me a dog, but here, because there are kids involved, kids should have a dog, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so it's not about me. It's about, you know, do you want to have a kid grow up without a dog? (laughs) Well, a lot of kids do. I grew up without a dog. Brian, did you grow up without a dog? No, uh, the Nelsons had several dogs. We had a mutt. We had a Airedale. 
we had a Dalmatian spaniel mix and wow. an Irish setter. Yeah, that oh, is a lot of dogs. You're right. a bunch of dogs there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing better, and I'm not kidding, uh, and, I'm, and I'm not real, you know, I'm not animal crazy. I don't think I'm an animal fanatic or anything like that, but there is nothing better than a good dog. And I mean that because they all they want, all that dog wants is for you to love them. What? Who was your dog that was a good dog? Growing Rover. Up? Rover. Rover. Yeah. Rover. Rover. I gave wow. him that name because I just wanted it to be a stupid name. I didn't want it to be clever. How you old know, I really. Uh, I was 16 when I got him. I was in high school. Okay. I got got him when he was six weeks old. I could hold him in my hand. What about okay. Cheyenne? That was a horrible dog. That dog was so stupid. <laughs> my dad named it Cheyenne. Cheyenne. Because when we first when we first got this was a dog that was born to a li- it was a litter of puppies that our existing dog had. We got rid of all the others and we kept that one. And my dad had a Cheyenne truck at the time, and he named it and he named the dog <laughs> Cheyenne. <laughs> you know, like it was going to be this really smart dog. This dog was so stupid. Stephen ate the grips off of his snowmobile. What? A- <laughs> Is that the only what? two dogs? Sure. Uh, no, there was Brit and there was there was Brit. there was Cheyenne, which he let us rename. When he grew to hate the dog for ruining stuff all the time. Whatever dog that, whatever name you want to give to your dog, the first test must be you have to say that name 200 times within an hour because you're going to be saying that name. Am I wrong? Oh, but it, yeah. Cheyenne, absolutely. don't eat that. Don't eat those snowmobile grips. Cheyenne, stop pooping on the rug. Cheyenne, come here. But it was more majestic when you said it. It was Cheyenne. Cheyenne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. But you don't call out a dog's name to have it come and uh, build a bridge across a river like Cheyenne would. <laughs> you, you do it because it's puking on something. We got to rename Cheyenne when my dad figured out that this dog was just an idiot. We renamed him Pucky. Pucky. <laughs> okay. That was his second name. Pucky. What about you, so, Steve? You have dogs? Well, we have Tucker now. We have our No, no, when our, you were a kid. No. No, they, I told you this story a million times. I'll tell you it again. We had a we had a stray dog we brought in by the name of Brownie. He was a light brown dog, skinny, sort of like Santa's <laughs> How old were you when this happened? <laughs> might have been 8, might have been 9, might have been 10, right. something like that. A boy. That. Uh, All right, so yeah, I was I was a young Before. lad, and we brought this stray dog in. He he looked like not very much unlike Santa's little helper in terms of his size and relative thickness. Remember Santa's little helper from The Simpsons? Yeah, mm-hmm. pointy nose, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brown the greyhound. We brought we brought him in. Uh, probably a greyhound um, golden mix with a little bit of lab in it. Who knows? It was a stray. <laughs> And we brought it in, and it was the house. Boy, that's a that boy. That's taking a chance on a stray. Why is it a stray? Someone uh, just let it go for some I reason. Know. I don't know. It's like so buying we, a used car. You're just buying somebody else's problems. So we had the dog for who knows how long. I guess my brother would know. And then one day, Brownie was gone. And the belief is it's still an open case in the Zabin family <laughs> archives. It, the, it's a cold case that's not been closed yet. We believe, my brother and I, that my mom, who was anti-dog, Took the dog out to like Warrington, Virginia, which used to be as far away in the market as you could get. Like, oh my God, you're going to Warrington? That's way the fuck out there. And dropped off Brownie in Warrington, and that was Money. it. Open the door, Money. out goes Brownie, stray again. And my, my mom has always said, bless her heart to this day, oh, that's ridiculous. You know that dog was a neighborhood dog, and one day he just never came back. I had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and then she would add, and besides, you guys never fed him or took care of him. And that made me go, like Lieutenant Joe Kenda, 
Well, my, my, my. <laughs> Looks like we have a motive for this Warrington dropping off. <laughs> but mom has never confessed or budged off of, I didn't do it. Uh, no, she has not right. confessed. That I, don't, I, don't, I don't think she ever will. Now, if she does, it would make for a great OJ-like special <laughs> in which my mom admits to, if well, I did it. theoretically, well, if but, I put uh, Brownie. That was hypothetical. It yeah. was all hypothetical on OJ's part. He doesn't know what that word means did or you, how to use it. But Did you watch that special, yeah, Brian? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. have yet to watch it. Tell me, should I invest some time in watching it? Yeah, I'd say so. Because? Well, I never heard him say uh, some of the things that he said before. Such as? I couldn't believe how much blood there was, or I never saw how much that much blood before. And then he rinsed that all off like it was just a hypothetical statement. It's like, wait, wait, you're, you're recounting memories of things you saw, <laughs> but it's all hypothetical. <laughs> wait a minute, what? It's just, uh, it's watching mental illness. It's watching delusion it's watching a guy whose brain does not work I, right i saw a part on there where he was uh talking about you know you have two dead bodies you know you've got nicole and ron who are who have been butchered and it was described as the most brutal crime scene christopher darden said he'd never seen anything so brutal yeah um, yeah. yeah it was bad um did is it and, true and according and there, there's also the part about when he starts talking about his his pal charlie yeah, this mythical pal who, in yeah. theory, might have helped him murder, even though there was no other sets of footprints, no other physical evidence that led well, anyone to believe there was more than three people in that alley on that particular face. The night. FBI profiler in the case said, well, that's just OJ. It's He's just talking to himself. Just OJ being crazy, OJ. Like, it's just the other voice in his head. Oh, okay. The fact that he was smiling and laughing during this was a bit He laughed after too, everything. Which he yeah. does all the time. He chuckled. In all his appearances and all his, well, he's just laughing this off. It's no big deal to me. I'm OJ. I didn't care if my woman was, uh, if uh, my uh, ex-wife was sleeping with another man. I, it doesn't matter to me. I'm OJ. So okay. the part I saw, and I only saw the last 45 <laughs> minutes, was OJ was talking about, you know, here you've got Ron and Nicole who are, who have been butchered. They're lay, They're dead. He's been arrested. Okay, he's on trial, and he said what was really upsetting was there were people who really wanted me to be guilty. And he goes, and I knew I wasn't, but there were people who really wanted me to be guilty. He said that was probably the hardest thing to deal with. Not the two dead bodies, not that his children were going to be raised without a mom, not that uh, the love of his life. that Raised without a mom? He didn't care. He left two bloody carcasses laying there for the kids to discover when they woke up. What upset him most was the fact that people didn't like him. Yeah. It's all about, it's all from the OJ point of view. It's all, well, this is how it affected me. And this is what was bad. And, and I, you know, yeah, I go to the the grave site and I yell at the grave. I'm still, you know, mad at, how could you do this? And now that interview that they they yells at the grave site. Yeah. Oh, they call the cops on him. Shit. Because he goes out there, wow. he swears at it. He screams at her headstone. Wow. Yeah. Or he did. I don't know if he can now. Yeah, he's stuck in Nevada. in Nevada. See, yeah. now I was under the understanding that when he was released, the Nevada correctional system said, get the fuck out of Nevada. 
Didn't no, he say? Didn't they had to stay there? I uh, didn't. He say something like, "I know you guys don't want me hanging around," <laughs> saying he was likely to get to go to Florida. That. Yeah, you know what he also said. He also said during his parole hearing, "I've lived a pretty conflict-free life." Yeah, right. He right, also right, said right. not guilty, and he also said he was going to look for Nicole's killer the rest of his life. Though he's been scouring golf courses left and yeah. right about that. So. It's a it's a fascinating thing that this thing shook free. Why did they not air it when it could have I, been aired? That's what I was going to say. When they, when they when they did this, it was on the heels of his book. If I did it, remember? Yes. And everyone's like, how how and can you book, write a book about this? How, why book, would he write a book? This is horrible. He's cashing in on it. And Fox, I, if I remember correctly, said, "Well, we have an interview to go along with this." And I think there was such an uproar from the public at that time that they just said, "Oh, we're not going to help sell a yeah. book." And it sat there for 12 years, and they finally aired it the it other night. It sat there even this time around because there was a complete commercial break that was full of nothing but promos and the Fox logo and bars, you know, color bars. Wow. Uh, yeah, until they But went the book to like came the, out. Yeah, yeah. Did it, was it a major bestseller? I don't know. You'd don't have, have to have look any and idea. Say, have to Google I, that. I, I doubt it was, right? It was sort of a thing. My favorite OJ book that came out was the fake OJ courtroom legal pad which i saw in an airport <laughs> gift shop once have you ever it's seen like, this no but okay. i know what you're talking about it's like google search it. writes a book google search it. i, I don't, can't. I don't, I don't have, have a, we don't oh, have a computer okay. with us right ah, now. damn it we're it's in a great. We're, we're in a bunker steve we don't okay. have a computer right now. all right you gotta google search it because basically it's a bunch of it's a bunch of doodles and notes and theoretical things like ha ha christopher darden's such a loser want to fight him you know like it was just funny little notes and doodles about what oj might have been doodling on his notepad during the trial itself i couldn't believe chris darden was was part of that because i watched 45 minutes of it they got to the end and i went well nothing changed he's i still think he's guilty yeah okay yeah i don't i don't know what the whole point was really other than to show look he he the funniest thing is crazy funniest thing bustedcoverage.com does a recurring feature called uh, tweets from not safe for work black dudes about dot 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 any particular pop culture thing that comes up, and so this was not safe for worth not safe for work tweets from black dudes about the OJ interview, and it was so funny. All these black guys were like, man, that crazy, man, you know that did that, <laughs> and left and right. So I'll have to go watch it and uh, and check it well, out. Well, there's just no doubt now. It's not that there ever was before. The yeah. trial wound up being about whether the L.A. police were were racist. Oh, just watch for the part where uh, theoretically, hypothetically, he's talking about dropping the glove, yeah. and he says, "So I must have did it. They found it. They there. found it there. Yeah." I have your least important headline of the day, Brian. Are you ready? This this story, <laughs> this thing that made a headline in Yahoo Lifestyle is going to have so little impact on your life you will not believe it. You ready? <laughs> Jesse James Decker calls out fan who tweets that she and Chrissy Teigen are irrelevant. Ta-da! <laughs> your least important news of the day. Wow, that's Did a you new get story. that? Jesse yeah. James Decker called out a fan who tweeted that she and Chrissy Teigen are irrelevant. She's doing some infomercial thing on dieting, right? Or who? Chrissy Teigen? No. Or Jesse James Decker? Yes. 
Uh, yes, Jesse James Decker. I don't I know, thought, but I think Jesse James Decker is fantastic. She's in a bikini in it, so I'm, I was guessing it was girl. for weight loss. I, th- mm-hmm. I was thinking it's got to be, is this weight loss? I didn't really have the volume up because I wasn't going to order it, but I went, eh, she looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This, this, this fan said, at Chrissy Teigen is honestly just as irrelevant as at Jesse Decker to me. <laughs> hashtag overrated. Hashtag unpopular opinion. And that's even uh, even lower on the news scale than Kardashians buy fourteen hundred dollar baby clothes. So Jesse James Decker then tweeted, "So irrelevant, you had to take time out of your day to get on Twitter to tweet about us," and that was then <laughs> turned into a headline on Yahoo Lifestyle on their Yahoo website. There it is. That's that's not important news right there. That story is going nowhere. It has no impact on anyone's life, and yet there it is. Somebody took time, an actual human being that can write a blog post <laughs> yeah. and an editor and say, oh, this is going to get clicks because it'll get clicks. A picture of because Jesse James Decker. Because it'll get clicks Decker. because you could, you could put up a picture of Jesse James Decker and Chrissy Teigen and they're, and they're very attractive women, right? Yeah. Women. So you put that up and then a headline, uh, the jaw-dropping tweet about these two or something. It's always jaw-dropping. Is there any or, feud between good-looking models that wouldn't get covered? No. Not any genuine feud. This is hardly even a feud. It well, was just it was just two low level celebrities, and I would say yeah. both are low level celebrities, uh, calling out a fan on Twitter, which might be an egg avatar and a bot for all we know. Could be a Russian <laughs> operative. <laughs> just yelling at a wall. <laughs> right. <laughs> on the opposite end of all that it might be. On the opposite end of that, did you see the news about Richard Simmons? No. I saw the headline, but I didn't get a chance to read a the year story. ago. He, he crazy. Was doing- Right? <laughs> He's crazy, that guy. <laughs> Am I wrong about well, Richard Simmons? Well, well, a year ago, he was suing the Inquirer and uh, some other web site. I don't remember what it was. But he was suing them for uh, slander. Because okay. the, head, the headlines were... Is it TMZ? I don't think so. Uh, okay, whatever. it was, But it was uh, the Inquirer and somebody else. And the headline was, Richard Simmons is a woman now. And they said that they went through all the things that he had had done or was going to have done. You know, this is going on. And they had a picture of him in a wig laying back. I don't know if they Photoshopped it together or what it was, but he was suing them for slander and malice and whatever else he could pile on. Huh. Wow. That was a year ago. He lost that case. Okay. Those two corporations or entities that he was suing turned around and said, Oh, oh by the way, soon we're suing you for legal fees now to the tune of $220,000. And earlier this week, they were awarded $130,000. So not only did Richard Simmons not get the millions he was suing he's for, he's got to write them a check for $130,000 now. Boy, that number's everywhere. It's $130,000 Stormy Daniels got to shut up and she's <laughs> vowing to pay back. She's, right, so she's, she's desperate talk. to pay that money back now because she knows she could turn the 130 into $5 million, don't you think? Because I don't of her think she found... has $130,000, but there are plenty of uh, people. Oh, I'm sure yeah. someone else will pay it. Yeah. That yeah, is funny. It. She's desperate, <laughs> desperate to give the money back. Like, oh shit, I want to talk about this now. <laughs> I, at the time, one hundred and thirty grand seemed like all the money in the world, and now, oh god. <laughs> By the way, why, uh, why do some on the left think that this affair is going to quote bring down 
Donald well, Trump. Because it brought down Bill Clinton. Oh, wait. No, no it Clinton's, didn't. John Kennedy. They, de- oh, they wait, defended no. Kennedy. They defended Clinton. But like, this time, I don't follow but this that... time, if he slept with somebody else, it's a porn different. star, this is horrible. Clinton, not horrible. Even <laughs> yeah. though Monica Lewinsky says he abused his power now. Have you seen that well, he, recently? Well, because she he said did. I, she, she yeah. was a wide-eyed intern. Right, and, and was, that's what she's saying now. Yeah. And, that he, and he abused was, he his was the power. president of the yeah. United States. This was a porn star that was, you know, banging a billionaire real estate developer uh, behind the back of his supermodel wife. So, yeah. Supermodel maybe, wife? Maybe. Maybe behind wife? His, her back. Maybe she's cool with it. How do what we is, know what that is they're... Ma- that... What is Melania's claim to fame? Is she a model? She, she a singer. She an actress. Was, she, she was, was a, model. a model. She was a model. Okay, yeah. so she's, yeah, model, model. Does that make you a model forever? I don't know, but I don't get... Does that make you like Cheryl mm. Teagues? I haven't, Christy Brinkley. I haven't followed the logic closely enough, and I don't care to. But how is this going to bring Trump down? I I don't think it will. It's his uh, war on women, Steve. Just, it continues. Oh, okay. It's, so yeah. you you are watching at a Democrat party that is out of power in governorships, in the Senate, in the House, in the Supreme Court, out of the White House. They are flipping around like a fish on a dock because they don't have. A program other than well, we need to raise taxes. If the tax- Democrats had, to, if yeah. the Democrats had, to and be- and uh, because uh, getting rid of Obama's policies and just having him out of there has caused the economy to just take off. If you had to pick, it looks bad. If the Democrats had to pick a candidate to run for president today, oh, right now, Biden, we got to got to get somebody to run against Biden. Trump. Are you asking what what is their best hope? Yeah, who's their Biden. best hope? Biden would be their best hope. So Biden would be their guy. Do you think he'd do it? Oh, oh hell yeah. Run. Really? Oh, yeah, you think no, he man. would make another run? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, he's, age Biden, would be a thing because they're both about the same age at that point. I Joe's was thinking six months ago, I was thinking Elizabeth Warren yes. or Chuck Schumer She's gonna run. are their guy, are their, are their twos. But now I'm thinking Chuck eh. Schumer's not electable in a broad election. And I don't think Warren is either. But you never know. I mean, Trump got elected. I no, but you can still it. jump in the primary and test the waters. Sure. Or okay, maybe, but I'm thinking yeah, maybe, that's a, right, You it, said if they had to pick, had to pick someone somebody today. today. Right, right, right. Okay. A Bernie. Feel the burn again. Come on. Feel right? the burn again. Of course, they would they never just... pick him because they actively worked to screw him last <laughs> right. cycle around. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but they're moving further and further to the left. So, All right. Let me end with this today because right. uh, we would get bogged down in politics and people get angry. You know, how dare you say that stuff about politics? Hey, that was a lively like, conversation know. about sure politics. I don't even and by think the way, was... my best dog ever was Rover. He was a German short hair Weimaraner mix. He was okay. a great dog. Loved okay. that dog. He was so smart. All right. Uh, this, this is good. You might have done this on, on the show, but I'll just throw it at you one more time. Eight and a half ton Chinese space station could crash into lower Michigan. <laughs> Experts say that the state falls among the highest probability of it landing there. Have you done the story? Yeah, we just did it uh, this morning. Uh, this, yeah, we did How great morning. is but, that? But I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought it up. Tiangong 1 will come crashing back to the planet, and it could hit lower Michigan. Now, here's the problem with that. I have a lot of relatives in lower Michigan, in the very area where it could crash down. Yes, just <laughs> hey, like that. Is yeah. that that Chinese spaceship? <laughs> Hey, look outside and see if that Chinese thing. Pick up some of them parts for a lawnmower hits them. That Chang Dong Ting Dong one satellite. Now, so, so do we make the Chinese come pick it up? <laughs> like, hey, uh-huh. yes. 
<laughs> Can I do a Chinese accent, or am I no. going to get fired for that? No. I can't no. do that. Okay. Yeah, it's probably not good. Okay. Well, Shaq did it once, and he didn't get any bad <laughs> He's Shaq. from you, that. Are you Shaq? No, I'm How not Shaq about that. How many championships do you <laughs> have? <laughs> That's horrible. Horrible. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. Why did you even play that? Um, now, here's the question. No, we so, had. He, said, so here. Uh, hello, China. Get, <laughs> Hey, hey, come and get your stuff out of my yard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can I do the gong thing? No. Hold on. I can't do that either? No. Hold on. I'll do a light Chinese accent. <laughs> a light one. Ready? Here we go. Uh, hello, China. <laughs> hey, uh, get your crap out of my yard. Uh, All right, here's the, here's uh, the question. I don't know what to uh, uh, crap in whose yard. This is Michigan calling. I'm calling from Bath, Michigan. <laughs> Bath, B-A-T-H, Michigan. You ever hear of it? That sounds like that. It is a Bath, Michigan. Yeah, yeah, I have relatives there. Yeah, I was just there a few weeks okay. ago. Uh, yeah, I would. It, you want to stick? You want to stick them in? Okay. Alternate theory. We don't call China to say pick. No, up. Steve, for fun. Say it landed in Kalamazoo. <laughs> it landed where? <laughs> <laughs> make make the Chinese drive around Michigan all confused, giving them bad direction after bad direction. Send them from from Kalamazoo to Grand Rapids, up to Ypsilanti, down to Detroit, across sure. the state too. I'm running out of towns yeah. here. Well, don't forget there's here. don't forget about the UP. You got uh, you got Superior oh, up there. Send them to the UP. Yeah, yeah, that'd be which great. should be Wisconsin. You know why it's not, don't you? No. Uh, okay. Did, Brian, you, lose, did you did you guys lose it in a poker game? Um, it was compensation for losing Toledo. Michigan uh, was supposed to get Toledo. Was that a good trade? They gave it all, to Ohio. So all they things gave the considered, upper peninsula was it to a good uh, trade? Yeah, they were ready to go to war. They were going. Yeah. They were arming themselves for a civil wow. war on the Michigan Ohio border. Holy shit! Okay, over so, Toledo. All right, so let's say we don't call the Chinese. We're like, yeah, right. we didn't make that big of a mess. We'll clean it up ourselves, or we'll make a museum. <laughs> we'll make a tourist attraction out of it. Who knows? What if China said, oh, no, we're coming to get it? And what if we say, no, 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 it's good, my brother. And they go, no, no, we need to get it. <laughs> Do we physically go to war with China over I them just, picking up their space junk in lower Michigan? I just tell them it's too late. We're charging five bucks to get in, and we got a snow cone stand here. It's too late. <laughs> why, it's an attraction. You can, why, you can see it all you want there, Wang. It's as popular as a Michigan <laughs> berry already. <laughs> Well, stay tuned. Let's hope we don't start World War III over the Tiangong-1 satellite, which still hasn't fallen from the sky yet. So it may not land in Michigan. may land in the Atlantic Ocean for all. It may land it's, in Wisconsin. It's, it's a space station, not a, not a satellite. Oh, what's the difference? Uh, it's, what, uh, it's what Sandra Bullock <laughs> climbed in in Gallic. Uh, uh, remember when she caught gravity. it when she, when she was going by at 18,000 miles an hour and she just grabbed it and crawled inside? So, in other words, a space station has a bathroom and cable. A satellite has nothing. Let's go with that. Okay. Well, we'll, right. we'll go ahead and call it that. All right, boys. Thanks for your extra time this week, as always. Godspeed. To hell with you. I'll see you on the radio. How about that? Thank you, Stephen. We'll end with this today. United Airlines is once again in a giant shit heap of trouble. This story about the dog that died in the overhead compartment, oh my God. It's sickening. It's so, 
It's gut-wrenching. And yes, as a new dog owner of less than two years, it hits me in a way that this story would not have hit me otherwise, as I think it does anybody who has pets. Now, before I bash United too much for killing a dog with a careless flight attendant, I must say I've been flying United a bit more lately, and I've been happy. For an extra 35 40 bucks, I get the Economy Plus seating, and it's quite humane, the space you get for an extra 30 or 40 bucks. I wish they had an option where you could get even more space, especially laterally, for an extra $100. Because I'd pay $100 for half of the middle seat. If they made a section of the airplane in which it's not first class, but it is an extra five inches from front to back, and they take the middle seat out and they give you half of the middle seat for 100 extra bucks each leg of the trip, boom, I'm in. Well, that's first class, Abe. No, not exactly. You don't get all the service. I don't need... It pisses me off. Well, we're on airlines. Do I have a second here? Well, you do. It's your podcast. It drives me crazy. People are boarding and the attendants are in the aisle in first class. Uh, sir, can I get you a drink? They just got on the fucking plane. No, they don't need a drink. They should have drank in the terminal. You can get them a drink when we're up in airborne. Everyone's trying to get on the plane and situated. Sit the hell down. Okay, rant over. Back to the uh, horror of yesterday. Apparently, United flew 28,000 or so pets this past year. Apparently, I think the number was 18 of them did not make it. I don't know what array of pets those were, whether they were dogs, cats, therapy peacocks, pet iguanas, who knows. A bunch of those pets that did die, unfortunately, were in the cargo hold of the plane. And again, I don't know the relative danger of that I think different dog breeds are more susceptible to perishing in flight because of thin air, cold temperatures, you name it. And apparently this dog, I think, was a a, a baby bulldog, five months old, a puppy. And I think it was a breed that already doesn't breathe very well because of the architecture of its throat and lungs and everything else. So to be in a dog carrier that was up in the overhead bin and closed for three hours, oh yeah, not good. Apparently, the uh, passenger paid $125 to bring the puppy on board. But I guess that was not enough to give it a seat. And I guess he was not allowed to have that small puppy on their lap. And I'm hoping and guessing the flight attendant is devastated by this because I don't think that was necessarily their intent. I mean, I know it wasn't their intent to kill it. It was obviously kind of cold-hearted. Who knows what policies... And who knows what pressure that flight attendant was getting from above to finally start clamping down on some of these goddamn pets flying on our airlines. And when I say, gee, damn, I'm sorry, but let's be honest. It's out of hand. The other thing that has to be said, even though it's not going to rub people the right way sometimes, is that the dog owner has got to take some responsibility. If it was my dog... And I knew it was a young puppy bulldog that would not fare well in a confined space and maybe had you know, a breed that was not great at breathing to begin with. And the flight attendant insisted that I put this dog, which I paid 125 bucks to bring on the plane, in the overhead compartment and keep it closed. I would have said, okay, well, I'm leaving the plane. And I would get off 
the plane. People, though, are cheap and they are selfish. And I'm not saying this particular person was cheap and selfish. I'm saying in general. People don't want to buy an extra ticket for the dog to sit in a carrier on the seat next to them. They want to get away with a lesser rate. People are selfish. They go, oh, well, I don't want my dog up there, but if I adhere to their policy, I've got to get off the plane. I've got to interrupt my travel schedule, and who knows what, and maybe lose my money for my ticket. You know what that is? That's selfish. That's you putting your needs over this animal that ended up dying a horrible death. I know it's not popular to say it. I'm not blaming the passenger per se, but this has to be said. I'm just surprised they didn't think for themselves, this owner, to say, hey, you know what? This is going to be a traumatic, dangerous flight for my pet. I, I, I can't do this. I, I have a hard time believing she didn't get up during the flight to check on her dog and open the compartment, maybe bring the carrier down and maybe appeal to the flight attendant once airborne. Is there anywhere that I could keep this dog out? I think he's having trouble breathing or I don't think he likes this very much. And then it really comes down to this at the end of the day. If you want to fly with your pets, you're going to have to pay. You have to pay for a seat or you're going to have to roll the dice and it's just going to be that way. Or you're going to have to drive. Even if it's five states away, well, I want to fly to California. My mom lives there and my brother, my personal situation, blah, blah, blah. Tell it to the hand. Sometimes pets have to be left at home or you have to drive somewhere. I'm still sick about the story. It's awful. It's terrible. Nobody's happy about it. But there are things that have to be considered. So nothing happy to finish on today. Thank you for listening. You know the drill here. Tell two friends and your local Starbucks barista. Leave a positive review. Download, subscribe at all the major podcast outlets. iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more. And as Mark Twain once said, get your facts first. Then you can distort them as you please. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.